A young perspective on hot button issues around the world. This is the Hub. Hello and welcome to the Hub on CGTN. I'm Wang Guan in Beijing. While the Gaza conflict continues, the Houthis have launched attacks on vessels in the Red Sea for two months in so-called solidarity with the Palestinians. In response, U.S. and British forces have launched joint strikes targeting Houthi militants in Yemen. Washington has carried out a series of unilateral air raids also. But the Houthis remain undeterred and say attacks, counterattacks rather, will continue. Will tensions in the Red Sea veer into a wider conflict in the Middle East? And what's fueling these tensions to delve deeper into these questions? I'm joined in Beijing by He Wenping, Professor and Research Program Director at the Institute of West Asian and African Studies at the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. Welcome. I'll also be talking to Ambassador Thank William you. Courtney, Adjunct Senior Fellow at the RAND Corporation and former Special Assistant to the U.S. President for Russia, Ukraine and Eurasia. He's in Washington, D.C. Welcome, sir. And from Thank Hong you. Kong, China, we have Ibrahim Hashem from Hong Kong University's Asia Global Initiative. Welcome to all of you. Ibrahim, you're closest to the region from where you come from, your heritage. So let me start with you, if you don't mind. Can you help us navigate through all these intricacies and explain why is the situation in the Red Sea so important? And do you consider it a spillover of the Gaza conflict? In a nutshell, uh, what's happening in the Red Sea is directly connected with what's happening in Palestine. So we know that since uh, the 7th of October, we have had uh, a major uh, conflict happening in Gaza, um, a major massacre being committed by the Israeli army against the Palestinians. So that's basically the direct contribution of the Gaza problem to the Red Sea. But we have to look at the big picture. And the big picture is uh, since World War II, we have had a number of uh, changes in the world order. So post-World War II, we had the Cold War, which was basically a bipolar world. And then in the beginning of the 1990s, uh, we had the collapse of the uh, Soviet Union. And then that was the start of the unipolar world. And until, so that the unipolar world did not really last too long until around 2008, um, the financial crisis, the economic crisis that hit the United States and Europe and other parts of the world. And that was the, uh, around that time, the unipolar world ended. And since then, we have been transitioning into a different world order. And I would assume, uh, currently looking at the factors and the rise of other powers, uh, currently we are already living in a, a de facto multipolar world. But this multipolar world has not been institutionalized across the current global governance system. Why I'm just bringing all this into our conversation? Because it's also our region that has been evolving uh, since uh, World War II, or I would say also since uh, the uh, uh, First World War, uh, since the disintegration of the uh, Ottoman Empire. Now, our region is not really dominated by one single you know, power. Um, it's becoming more multi-aligned. It's really just, you know, uh, having relations with uh, different uh, powers and so on and so forth. Now, I'm bringing all this into our conversation just to really give the context. Um, our region and what's happening in the RISI is really linked to also the changes happening in our regional order and our world order. The attacks against the uh, Houthis, the launched by the British and the American uh, forces, they are really escalating the situation, raising tensions and adding 
basically fuel to the fire. And this is something that the uh, regional countries uh, want to avoid because the regional countries are really embarking on major economic development uh, programs. And any um, issues related to security and you know destabilization of, uh, destabilization of the region will really derail and uh, delay these uh, uh, economic uh, programs. Yeah, Ambassador Courtney, let me turn to you. Do you agree with Abraham, whereby he said um, the U.S. and uh, you know, Western's military actions uh, targeting Yemen um, is adding fuel to the fire and raising tensions instead of mitigating it? Uh, well, we have to t take a look at the context. We find that in three different contexts in the region, uh, Iranian-backed uh, militants uh, have been carrying out destructive actions. Uh, so the Hamas launched an unprovoked massive terrorist attack on Israel, killing more Jews in a single day than any time since the Holocaust. Uh, in the uh, Red Sea, the Houthis, also backed by Iran, have launched strikes which the Houthis claimed were against Israeli shipping, but in fact, they've been firing against almost any kind of ship, uh, commercial ship, merchant ship that comes through the region. And the United Nations Security Council just passed a resolution commending uh, states, uh, members of the United Nations, for enhancing the safety and security uh, of the passage in that area. But do you think the UN resolution gave a blank check to the U.S. Let, military action? Let, let me finish. Uh, and then a third context is Iran-backed militant groups are attacking uh, U.S. forces uh, in uh, the region in Jordan, Syria, Iraq, which are trying to uh, protect against the uh, ISIS threat. So in all three cases, uh, Iran is really provoking conflict uh, throughout the region, which is very destabilizing. And so hopefully China and a number of other countries will put more pressure on Iran to cease that. Well, one justification by the U.S. military um, actions is so-called uh, in accordance with the inherent right of individual and collective self-defense consistent with the U.S. charter, although the U.N. resolution specifically did not uh, authorize any military actions um, for any party. Uh, what do you make of the legality of these military actions? Well, the United Nations charter itself authorizes uh, self-defense. Uh, so the United States, Great Britain, and a number of other countries have formed a coalition to protect the region uh, from uh, Houthi attacks, to protect shipping from a number of countries, including Chinese ships that have passed through the region. Uh, so this is perfectly consistent with the UN Security Council resolution just passed, commending member states for enhancing the safety and security of shipping in the region. Uh, Professor Ho Wenping, let me turn to you. How do you look at the necessity of stopping uh, on one hand, the Houthi attacks on the commercial vessels, um, which Ambassador Corden did make it a fair point, uh, whereby the Chinese um, uh, commercial ships are going through those sealants as well. But uh, if you look at the legality of the U.S. attacks, uh, is it, as Abraham has put it, adding fuel to the fire? Well, I do agree. Uh, this kind of uh, uh, overusing the self-defense, uh, like uh, targeting airstrike the territory in Yemen actually is adding the fuels to the fires because you look about this uh, effect. Actually, those tensions building uh, in the Red Sea now is nothing getting less uh, rather than it's getting up and then even 
more tensions going on and the cost that is uh, in safety of this uh, waterway uh, you know, uh, very important for the international trade and global economy. Actually, when we look about all those uh, scenarios happening uh, in this area, it, it, we can see this uh, called the causes and effect. Uh, this kind of uh, uh, mutual relation, uh, those interaction between the two. Uh, when you talk about the causes, and then the Houthis said uh, they want to use this as a leverage uh, to stop this bombing, a uh, bombardment to Gaza Strip. So, because they are small. Uh, they have no voice, uh, can be heard in, in the, like uh, those uh, international stage, uh, security council, whatever. So their leverage is trying to uh, using, make full use of their location uh, nearby the Red Sea. So trying to use this uh, before they are saying they're targeting the Israel, uh, those vessels or some vessels related with Israel. So make it clear, uh, this is the causes. So if we now look about uh, effect, uh, if you're not going to address those causes and then using another way, saying bombing and then self-defense, and then if you're trying to attack the vessel, I will destroy even this, uh, your all the bases, even cause the civilian de uh, deaths, a uh, casualty uh, in Yemen territory. Of course, I cannot. This is not the right way to address the causes and then make this effect now not goes to that, uh, like a better situation. See, now we can guarantee nothing happened to those international, uh, these uh, vessels pass through that, uh, you know, that area. You see, now there's no big, uh, you know, company there to go through that uh, travel road. Now they all, you know, go to another way to down to the south of the you know, African continent. So, of course, they will damage uh, international this economic recovery and also added a lot of a cost for all those commodities. Eventually, I think that will get the burden you know, to all those international customers, uh, everything will be, you know, uh, rise up, uh, price up. So you see the effect itself is not you know, going to the good way. So if you're not go to the causes, address the causes, I don't see uh, by that using the force saying, well, uh, we are bigger, we are stronger, we are going to kill the smaller, uh, tiny hoodie, but you cannot destroy them all. Uh, they are hiding somewhere. Uh, in, in the, you know, territory, they are small, and then that means their flexibility, a uh, very flexibility. They even can now using the, you know, rocket to uh, hit the Americans and marry, uh, did these warships and also hit, uh, just not long ago, hit another oil tank, uh, within the flag, like a British one. So you see, you cannot destroy them. So I think, uh, uh, without, uh, understanding this kind of causes and the effect in a right way, Actually, we are in a dilemma. Yeah, uh, yeah, one, yeah. One, on one hand, yeah, saying we need to guarantee uh, the safety of this waterway, but on the other hand, the effect goes away another round. You cannot guarantee at all. Okay, Ambassador Courtney, do you want to quickly respond? Well, the last speaker did point out the importance of the waterway for international shipping. And certainly China and the United States are among the largest countries in the world that depend on freedom of navigation of the world's seas and depend on the usage of uh, the waterways for commercial emergent shipping. And China, of course, uses the uh, Suez Canal uh, quite extensively for its own shipping back and forth uh, to Europe. Uh, so it's clear that uh, China, the United States and other countries really have an interest in continuing the protection of shipping uh, in that area. And so we hope that China uh, will express its strong concern to Iran about these attacks. Yeah, Ibrahim, um, 
China's permanent representative to the United Nations, Ambassador Zhang Jun, warns that the Middle East region is on the brink of extreme danger. And um, Ambassador Zhang Jun said this. He said, uh, this is reckless military adventurism. It should be avoided. I also pointed out that, um, you know, he questions the legitimacy of this self-defense claim. Uh, do you think this is self-defense or power politics at play? Well, um, if you notice one thing about the uh, U.S.-led coalition um, that has been established to uh, really go after the Houthis, uh, you will notice one thing that, that the Arab countries have uh, avoided uh, this coalition uh, for one single reason, for one main reason, and that is um, they, they, they don't see uh, military force or military solution is the solution to the problem. Even if we just go after the Houthis and just attack them uh, militarily, we will be still using a band-aid solution. We are. This is only the tip of the iceberg. If we want to really, just really look at the, uh, the main problem, the main problem, the, the major part of the problem, the root cause of the problem, is the situation in Gaza. So the massacre being committed in Gaza and the attempt of really liquidating uh, Palestine is the major issue. Um, just going back to the point that. Uh, was raised earlier that you know uh, you have uh, countries um, uh, major countries like United States and, and China being affected by what's happening in the sea but in my opinion the countries that are really being uh, affected the most are the regional uh, countries if you really look at the uh, Red Sea both sides uh, the both coast of the Red Sea uh, on the Saudi side and the on the other side, the Egyptian side, you will see on the Saudi side, you will see major uh, economic uh, projects really taking place uh, uh, coming down from uh, Jazan, really close to the border with uh, Yemen. There is a huge economic industrial zone being built jointly between the Saudis and the Chinese. And then if you just go up, you will see that there is another uh, major project, Yomba project, is also um, it, it, there's a major refining complex there and uh, that refining, uh, refinery produces uh, petroleum products and then if you go a little bit higher up to small islands Tehran uh, and Sanafir you will see the Neom project the futuristic city being built by the Saudis yes. with a budget of around uh, half, half a trillion and, and then if you look at the uh, Egyptian side it, the Egyptians uh, government gets uh, around 10 billion dollars from the Swiss Canal. And as a result of the escalations in the Red Sea, there's a reduction of around 40%, 40 to uh, 50% in the revenues, um, the hard currency. And Egypt this year is going to be paying foreign debt of around $30 billion. And because of the reduction in their revenues, their fiscal revenues in the Swiss Canal, they will have uh, challenges in doing that. So just going back to the point, who's actually really being affected the most, in my opinion, the regional countries, especially their uh, uh, long-term strategies are being really just, you know, at the risk of just being delayed and so on and so forth. Uh, one thing I just wanna highlight uh, quickly here, we are talking about the Red Sea, but even before the Red Sea, we have had a lot of uh, challenges in the uh, trade. Uh, since the pandemic, we have had uh, disruptions in the global supply chains because of you know the pandemic, and there was an increase of 1% in inflation, global inflation. And then uh, recently, we had the Ukraine situation, and uh, as a result of that, we had uh, uh, disruptions in uh, maritime trade, especially in the Black Sea, uh, you know, the, the exports of uh, uh, wheat and energy. And then 
even more recently, we have had uh, challenges with the Panama Canal as a result of the shortages in the freshwater, and there is a reduction in the um, uh, ship uh, transits across uh, the Panama uh, Canal. And all this, and if you add the, what's happening in the Red Sea, all this is actually just you know, adding trouble yeah. to global trade, to global supply chains, and so on and so forth. So we have to really look at the big uh, picture also, not only you know, what's, uh, what, what the Houthis are doing, and we have to link it to the root causes of what's happening in the Red Sea, and the root causes of the problem are located in Gaza, are located in uh, Palestine. If we do not really solve that problem, what, what's, what's going to happen? We will have escalations after escalations, and as we know that recently yeah. there was an attack on the uh, on the military uh, base in, in Jordan and three... Yeah, Ibrahim, we'll be talking about that uh, uh, very American attack. Soldiers. Actually, that happened, I think, uh, near the uh, Jordanian border with uh, Syria. And then Joe Biden responded so, uh, saying that uh, we shall respond. Joe Biden called it radical Iran-backed militant groups operating in Syria and Iraq. So Professor Ho Wenping, you know, some are considering this event a major escalation uh, in response to the attacks on U.S. troops. Do you see tensions in the Red Sea escalating into a wider Middle East crisis? Oh, yes, that's for sure. Uh, this tension now has been raised, and also the spillover uh, of this uh, Gaza, this, uh, you know, the, the Hamas war with uh, Israel now has been certainly now go wider and wider. Uh, this is also against, I think, Americans' interests as well, because from the perspective of Biden administration, I don't think uh, this White House would like to see uh, this uh, tension getting up and then spill over, getting wider and wider. And eventually, you see, unfortunately, uh, even three American soldiers has been killed and then uh, more than 30 has been wounded. Uh, just the, the case you just uh, recently, uh, you just raised. Uh, you, uh, I want to highlight, you know, when the big powers are yeah, trying to do something uh, for, you know, cooling down the situation there, you have to pay attention to those small players. Uh, there are many, many small players, uh, even some are out of the control from all those governments there uh, in that region. Uh, like this time around, uh, Iraqi, this uh, military, uh, this called the uh, military forces, uh, Islamic, uh, saying Islamic organization. Yeah, they claim, self-claim, they made this, uh, this drone attack to Americans' military bases. So think about how many Americans' military bases uh, in Syria, in Iraqi, quite a lot. So they have been under attack, now under threat by themselves. So cannot just uh, uh, saying like, uh, oh, China should do something. Uh, actually, I think the root causes uh, should be this uh, bombardment in Gaza. So maybe White House should pass very strong words to Israel. Yeah, how to do this ceasefire. Uh, recently, I heard there's uh, you no know, negotiation going on. Uh, lots of a positive uh, message came out, uh, saying Egypt, uh, Qatar, and uh, of course, uh, Israel, U.S. now almost reach uh, some uh, framework uh, for those ceasefire. Uh, even Hamas also now uh, has the willing to do uh, this uh, ceasefire. So not just the humanitarian ceasefire is not enough at all. Uh, should be permanent one ceasefire. Bring this war to the end. So if the root causes, yeah, this causes has been resolved, and then all others spill over. Uh, other things, I think, is much easier can be handled. Yeah, Ambassador Courtney, do you think the root cause lies in Gaza? And um, what do you think should be done at this point to defuse tensions? Uh, there are independent causes in the region. Uh, if there is a root cause anywhere, it's in Iran, because Iran is the one 
sponsoring Hamas, the Hamas terror strike in Israel, was based on uh, help that Iran gave to Hamas. Hamas backs the Houthis, who are attacking the ships. And the speaker before last is quite correct that Egypt is being harmed by the Houthi attacks on merchant shipping, which is diverting merchant shipping from going through the Suez Canal. And then Iran, as I mentioned before, uh, sponsors Hatay, Hezbollah, and other radical groups that are attacking uh, U.S. forces uh, in uh, Jordan, Syria, and Iraq. So it's clear that all these issues uh, are important, uh, but there's no single root cause for every single activity in the region because the region has a, a diversity of, of problems. Uh, but with regard to the Red Sea, uh, the Houthi attacks on merchant shipping are something that uh, China, the U.S., and the world community uh, have concern about. The U.N. resolution that just passed, which China abstained on, the U.S. supported, was uh, a resolution that condemned the Houthi attacks on merchant shipping. Uh, so I think that's a, the immediate issue that needs to be addressed. Uh, what happens to Palestine is uh, an, another issue that may take longer. But right now, the urgent issue is to stop the attacks on the shipping. Yeah, Ibrahim, how do you foresee this to progress and to proceed? After all, each side needs to present to their domestic audience or to their home base that uh, they're winning and they're progressing somehow. Given these realities and the constraints, how do you foresee the uh, conflict in Yemen and uh, in Gaza as well uh, to proceed? And really, how do you expect these tensions to be diffused? Um, the risk of uh, really a regional war is real. I disagree with the uh, uh, ambassador that the uh, region is plagued with so many problems and we cannot really trace the origins of, uh, of these uh, problems, these challenges. I think the central issue, the overarching issue of the region is the issue of Palestine. The Palestinians given their rights to have a, a state of their own. Uh, we have already been talking about, you know, um, a two-state solution for uh, decades, but nothing really happened on the ground. On the contrary, we see some Israeli uh, politicians really trying to sabotage the solution, the two-state solution, by uh, really increasing settlements and increasing the number of settlements uh, uh, everywhere, including in the West Bank. Now, uh, the point that I raised earlier about the revenues getting really uh, the Egyptian government not being able to uh, get enough revenues uh, to pay its debt. This is, in my opinion, indirect pressure being put on the Egyptian government to really be more lenient, to accept whatever fait accompli being proposed by the Israelis and its uh, sponsors or its uh, backers. Uh, because as we know, Egypt is on the front line representing the Arab voice really defending the rights of the Palestinians. So by really increasing the pressure on the, uh, the economic pressure, financial pressure on the Egyptians so that the Egyptians can really just open the border so that the, the attempt or the fear of really just, you know, liquidating the Palestine, uh, Palestine uh, issue, uh, despite displacing the Palestinians uh, from Gaza into Sinai and then displacing the other Palestinians in West Bank into Jordan, so that the whole question of Palestine will be uh, addressed or, or resolved or liquidated once for all. And this is the biggest fear uh, that we have in the region, that there's a secret possibly plan to really do that. And that's why if you notice how the Israelis have really carried out this war, this massacre 
uh, this atrocity against the uh, the Palestinians, you will notice that they are going after everything. They're going and bombing hospitals, schools, uh, cities within the Gaza Strip. They want to make it uninhabitable so that even after they leave, they cannot really go back because everything has been really annihilated. And this is the biggest fear yeah. to just going forward to really solve this uh, uh, challenge, this issue. We have to really just uh, accept the two-state solution that has been included in a number of resolutions uh, by the UN and also included in the 2002 Arab uh, Peace Initiative. Yeah, the, the, the question, the devil lies in the details. It's really about uh, which territory belongs to where and, um, you know, the, which years were those territories being carved out. So, Professor He, China has reiterated its calls for Houthis militants to stop attacks in the Red Sea. Uh, what role is China playing and what role will it play in the future? Without any, uh, you know, uh, question that China has been always uh, saying we have to guarantee uh, this uh, freedom of navigation uh, through this Red Sea. Because China also one of those, uh, you know, country we have have to uh, pass a lot of those uh, vessels, commercial vessels, uh, go through uh, that uh, very important waterway. Uh, this is uh, no question about that. That's why, you know, recently uh, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi, when he visited Africa, he also, uh, you know, together with Egyptian counterpart and also together with Arab League, uh, we published joint statement. Uh, in that joint statement, calling for uh, this Red Sea crisis have to be addressed and that those Houthis should stop uh, those attack to any uh, those uh, commercial vessels uh, gone through that area. And uh, this is not about our, you know, stance. But the thing is, like I mentioned, uh, you have to address these causes, uh, root causes. Your root causes is not saying uh, Iran is a troublemaker. That is the war, uh, you know, the war is coming from uh, uh, Donald Trump administration. Uh, they're saying the uh, major issue in the Middle East is not a Palestine. And the Israel, Palestine is two state solution. Uh, seems uh, Palestine state making, uh, that uh, the request can be ignored. Uh, even make, uh, Israel's, uh, even U.S. embassy, you know, all the way move from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Uh, this is of, of course harming the feeling, uh, from Palestinian side. So that is the different about the root causes. What is the root causes in the Middle East? If you cannot reach consensus about that, cannot address the root causes, and then you cannot, you know, resolve the Red Sea crisis as well. Uh, because uh, if you using the self-defense, uh, this term uh, written in the UN resolution, all right, you airstrike uh, those uh, Yemen Houthi, their bases uh, on the territory, and then these Houthis will re-strike uh, those uh, even US, the warships, and make this trouble even bigger. Professor He, Ibrahim, and Ambassador Courtney, thank you also very much for coming on our show. And that will do it for this edition of The Hub on CGTN. Thank you for tuning in and Wang Guan. Our news coverage continues. Bye and take care.